Welcome to the Massage Therapy Podcast. I'm Heather Rivers, registered massage therapist. And I'm Nicole Andrews, registered massage therapist and contemporary medical acupuncturist. We're colleagues with almost 13 years of combined experience and small business owners who have a passion for health and wellness. So grab your cup of tea, kick up your feet, and enjoy today's episode. have a first time guest on the podcast today. We're very, very excited. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. So her name is Kathy. She's been an RMT for how many years now, Kathy? 16. Wow. wow. That's amazing. Awesome. Um, can you give us a little bit of a background of your life as an RMT? <laughs> sure. I uh, graduated Southern Chan 2004 started working 2004 and worked multidisciplinary, worked in a gym facility, worked in a spa, like hair salon, spa type of environment. Um, Had three jobs at once, you know, like the usual. Yep. Yep. (laughs) The hustle. Thought I found my forever home when we moved to Brooklyn. And uh, so I was between a spot in town there and a spot in Stouffville. And then ended up in a in a kind of a semi-multidisciplinary. It was with a chiropodist and another massage therapist in Oshawa. And then that's where I started my business relationship with um, a chiropodist and her and I moved into the clinic space that I house now by myself with um, three other massage therapists where we're strictly massage therapy now, which is great. I love it. That's yeah. awesome. Quiet, <laughs> the traffic. I mean, we make our own noise, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not busy traffic from a different different type of practitioner coming and going often. Mm-hmm. Having a lot of like turnover through the day. Yeah. I can uh, I can attest to Kathy's clinic space. A little uh, a little tidbit. She is uh, her clinic is around the corner from my home, and I do go over there and uh, <laughs> use my benefits with them. And awesome. honestly, oh, it's. it's- it's a beautiful space. I really like the setup and how each treatment room is and just the aesthetic is just really nice. So, and the fact that, uh, I believe you have laundry on site, so I'm sure, uh, sure do. you and your girls love that. <laughs> that was a, that was a big requirement when Anita and I first created that space. We actually used to, um, go through a laundry service when we were at the old clinic and my machines were paid for probably within two and a half months. Wow. Of what the bill nice. cost me for renting the linens, having them picked up, having them dropped off. It was like, it was only a matter of months and we were already saving money. It yeah, was amazing. That's, it's amazing. That's you all. know, um, an RNT is involved in the, like the, the first phases of a building going into a rental space or building when there's laundry on site. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And and as my as my girls kind of just comes to start working with me, it's like, oh, you mean we have to drag our laundry all the way home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or not to have my husband or my my partner yeah. complaining about the water bill because I'm constantly Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that, that is massage therapy life, right? <laughs> well, wonderful. Uh, so what we um, wanted to kick off this podcast today, we didn't really introduce that. We just really wanted to get in and really get to know Kathy is uh, we are all a part of a CBN uh, community-based network in our area. And we had a little chat a couple weeks ago or last week, I think it was, um, mm-hmm. talking about everything going on right now with COVID and the state of where our MT is right now, we're all uh, mandated to not be working. And so what support is out there as again, last week or our last episode, we were talking about all the different ways that um, massage therapists can, can fit in this world and what different kind of pay structures and job scenarios that they can be found in. So it can be kind of a tricky landscape navigating between being maybe an actual employee. Like we said, we know some that um, are employees at the spas or things like that. Even in multidisciplinary clinics, you can be seen as an employee or um, paid in as employees, or you're working as a subcontractor on those splints, splits, sorry, and, uh, and or rents. And then at the same time, you can still be a practitioner, but also be owning a clinic like Kathy here. And so that some supports you might need in different ways. So 
um, Kathy had some really good insight in that meeting. So we quickly wanted to scoop her up and, uh, yeah. and get her on the podcast. And hopefully we can answer some questions out there for anybody who is an RMT or is not an RMT, but may find themselves in these scenarios. So um, do you want to talk a bit, Kathy, about how you kind of came across this knowledge, being a part of that committee, I believe it is you're on? Um, there's one, it's, you know, desperation to try to <laughs> get my own funds together to pay my rent and, and yeah. bills like that. So it's, you know, I think a lot of us are keenly interested in, in the information government's pushing out a lot, mm -hmm. but I belong to an association, that's, um, CFIB, which is Canadian Federation for Independent Businesses, and it's national and mm -hmm. they have over a hundred thousand members of different businesses from small to medium size. Um, they're nonprofit. They are basically advocates for businesses, mm -hmm. any type of business. And so they have been holding um, weekly podcasts or webinars rather mm -hmm. to go over anything that's kind of come through the government within the last week and everything changes constantly. So I listen to that every week. It's, it's an hour and it just kind of highlights everything that they're doing. They're a really good association to belong to because they help you with everything. They're mm -hmm. they're helping tremendously with this. They have so much information on their website about anything, any programs the government's putting out. Um, but they are also there to help with any bylaws that the average person wouldn't recognize is out there without having combing through the CRA website all the time. So I get people that swing by, for example, when the no smoking, no vaping signage was coming out so oh, okay. the government can actually go past your space and if you don't have one of those signs you could be fined oh interesting and, and the average person doesn't know that yeah. or realize that and it's it's a bylaw that you mm -hmm. have to have that posted but being part of that membership they just show up and say here you go here's your sticker stick it on your window oh cool oh. so they help with a lot of bylaw stuff like that they do a lot of different things and so one of the things is this webinar that i've been paying attention to every mm -hmm. week and learning a lot of things about kind of oh, okay. what different programs are out there. So this being an association, then I assume you pay a membership okay. to it and anybody can pay a anybody membership can to join. Okay. And there's a membership fee and it's based on, I think it's, I think it's $30 a month. And oh, then there's a, a little bit of a tack on for however many employees you may have or, or people within your space. Um, so it ends up being a couple hundred bucks a year, mm -hmm. but I have, I've personally found it beneficial. Yeah. I just brought up here just when you were saying that it's um, only $30 a month plus $3 per person, including owners. That's really not. So 33, if it's just you and yourself um, a month, that's really not that much. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Extremely well, valuable. And, and they're really good. So for example, I bank with Scotiabank. They're partnered with Scotiabank and Scotiabank. They're also partnered with Chase. So for me, having my chase pos machine i don't pay mm. fees for deposits into my account so they have those different mm. little perks and benefits too you can get right. it with insurance companies you can get it with credit cards um tell us i think they have a deal with um, auto insurance just different things they have because they're so big mm -hmm. they can get more benefits from different providers Right. Just kind of as this uh, RMTAO sort of offers those with the exactly. sort of things with their benefits. Yeah. Same. Wow. That's amazing. Something I had never even heard of it. <laughs> I think when we first, you gave me the acronym when we were first starting to talk and I quickly had to Google that as what is this? <laughs> so that's really interesting. The RMTAO is, is which I feel is absolutely beneficial. I've been a part mm -hmm. of them since I was in school. Yeah. So it's been 16 years for me with wow. them too um and i would never be without them mm -hmm. where they're focused mostly on us and on rmts the cfib is on business it's just mm -hmm. business in general which is is good if you have your own space um, and your own business going so that mm -hmm. they do help out with those things that that you may not think of mm -hmm. or there's counseling too like if i have a problem questions with payroll or anything i can phone them and say this was you know can you help me and they'll, they'll help with anything that's Anything amazing, which is great. That is amazing. And is there any um, way to kind of connect with other members in, in, it could be somebody that's not even in the healthcare, let's say as a small business, and you're able to kind of maybe connect with others in the, in the group? 
they do they do do have different um meetings and different things that can go on so that you can go locally within um your area to meet with people in different businesses okay. i did uh way back when i think when we first started they had a it was actually a women in business event and so oh, a lot cool. of different um women that were involved were were there and had guest speakers and stuff like that so which there funny. are yeah that's amazing which there are um i find and our way, um, Oshawa and even east of us into Newcastle, so many female business owners that um, I don't think the general public really realizes how many of us there are out there, which is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Should be the norm. So maybe yeah. that's it. We all find that it's the norm. So we, you know, we don't really notice it as much because we're like, yeah, of course. So that's amazing. Amazing. So let's kind of uh, get into the kind of meat of what we were, uh, the idea of this podcast was, and we wanted to kind of go through each, maybe not very specific scenario, but maybe um, each kind of scenario that an RNT can be fallen as employee, subcontractor, independent contractor within a clinic um, on their own. And then uh, looking at, um, someone like we said, like yourself, Kathy, who is a clinic owner as well as a practitioner and what, um, maybe what, what's out there in the way of support during this time with COVID. And I'm sure at each different scenario, there are different barriers, um, and, and hurdles and obstacles in each different ways that, you know, when, when we talked before, I, I never thought of it from the way of having other people in your space, because, it's just Nicole and I, we, we kind of split the rent between us, never really thought of it in that way. So I think it just like a light bulb went off. Um, maybe we can start at the employed level. Um, and I think there might be some bleed over into the subcontractor uh, independent person with uh, what support have you learned that we have through the CFIB? I know there's kind of the EI and the CRB. So I don't know if you can talk to... Uh, the difference in how those are working right now a little. Well, they've they've actually blended the programs to be one program. So everybody gets the same benefit payout. Right. If you're an employee, you have to apply through EI. And if you're not an employee, then you apply through CERB directly. But the EI people do get funneled through and they get a CERB payout. So everybody gets paid out the same. It's just a question of how you process that payment process that application really so it's same with ei you have to report every couple of weeks say no i'm not working and you know and do that reporting Mm -hmm. and then with serb you do it once a month so that's that that's the only difference there and then everybody gets the same i don't think i don't know if this scenario might apply but if you were the employee and you're going through the ei but let's say you're also providing some virtual support to your existing clientele and receiving payment for that would that you would then have to be reporting that you do have to report that income, but that's something that came out in the last week or so is that you're allowed to have up to a thousand dollars additional income brought okay. in before when CERB first started, it was zero income. That right. was the only way that you could get it, but they've changed it so that you could get up to a thousand a month mm-hmm. or within the pay period. Um, and that is gross. Okay. It is pre taxes which most of us are just gross anyway but um but now you can get that thousand dollars so there was a question for physiotherapists Mm -hmm. for example who were doing some virtual or emergency appointments some chiropractors are doing Mm -hmm. some emergency appointments and so they've maybe collected three or four hundred dollars or maybe a little more and they were concerned that they weren't going to get any payout Mm -hmm. but now they can get they can still um, be eligible for CERB um, because as long as it's under a thousand dollars Right. And I don't know if you can talk to this, but uh, if you, that $300, let's say that that physio, chiro, or massage therapist brought in, they report that, do they still get the full 2000 for that month? Or it would it be the 2000 less the gross that they brought in? I think it's, I think it's still the full 2000 I just don't okay. know. The only thing is that since the announcement has been made, the um, application for the next month isn't mm-hmm. open so if it is the same general questions i think then you still get the full benefit full benefit i think what the government's trying to do quite honestly is that trudeau actually answered questions to this today in his talk where somebody had said to him what if people are double dipping what if they're in one program and they're not mm-hmm. and they're in another where they're only supposed to be this one or that one and he said right now the important thing is getting money out the door so they've made mm-hmm. it very simplified in terms of applying but they will be found out in the mm-hmm. end because yep. 
they know who they're giving money to. So if that happens and if there's a crossover, come tax season. They'll know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that is one of the questions um, that we all have to check off with the CRB is um, like here, you know, here's the criteria and you're basically like I'm checking off that I, I fall in this criteria and fall under it. And uh, it does say, I think the last one that um, if you are found later to not have fallen under this criteria that you will be required to pay this money back. Right. So that's something that's super um, important and something to note that getting this income, if it's the 2000 plus you're bringing in your gross income, I think we're all pretty used to it as <laughs> practitioners that you got to put aside that, that percentage that's going to be taxed because it's, it's coming to you without any income tax taken off right now. That's so. right. And it is taxable. So then let's take it to the next step. Um, I think we'll be chatting a little bit more in this where, you know, you are a practitioner, but you're also a clinic owner. You may or may not have payroll. And if you do have payroll, it might be small. Do you still qualify for CERB then? You still qualify for CERB okay. because you qualify for CERB as the individual. What? is out there as a as a, a business owner mm -hmm. is if you have payroll then there is the loan that they yeah. have out the small business loan so the small business loan you have to have had a minimum of ten thousand dollars payroll and a mil or the max is a million and a half for the payroll oh. run so one of the things that cfib is doing is they're lobbying the government this is one of the things they do and because they have the membership numbers behind them carries a little bit of weight and they're able to get enough voices out there to say this is not adequate enough but they're trying to get the bottom taken out of that so that you don't have to have a payroll run right in order to be eligible so for me for example my girls are on splits mm -hmm. and they're not I don't do a t4 run so I'm not eligible for a loan so I get the cert payment like everybody else which is great for me personally and helps helps me be you know a member of my household and, and pay my mm -hmm. My phone bill and my insurance <laughs> yes. and all those fun things, but yep. it doesn't cover clinic rent and it doesn't yes. cover clinic bills. Mm -hmm. So all of those bills are still happening for me, but I mm -hmm. have, I personally have no support otherwise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what is it looking like? They just started this lobby for the government? They've been doing the lobby ever since he first announced it. So oh, okay. it was first announced the program was for 20,000 minimum to mm -hmm. 1.2 maximum and so the first change that they made is they took it down to 10,000 mm -hmm. and up to 1.5 so right. they're still going back to them saying please take the bottom out so that it would open it up like it would open up for you guys owning your clinic space then mm -hmm. you would be eligible for it didn't even think of it it's, yeah. it's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's wrapping it's, your brain it, around it if you you have to have a business account with the bank yes okay. so mm -hmm in order to have your own POS machine, you yeah. have to have a business account. So if you have a business account with the bank, then you would be eligible. If you fit into the criteria, you would be eligible to apply for that loan, which okay. and that loan's okay. a good, it's a good deal. Okay. Yeah. I did look into it because I was wondering, um, just because I do have the rental space and all of the, the internet and all of the other things that come with it. And I, I don't have any employees. I do a straight rent with her. And I was like, I don't qualify for any of this. So uh, I guess, yeah. So I was using the CERB. So I'm lucky enough to have a partner who makes um, enough money to cover mo like our house bills. So CERB covers clinic bills and stuff like that. But there's a lot of people who don't have that. Like uh, they are the sole provider in their family. So that's good to know. I'm liking this CFIB. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been looking it up as we've been talking actually. So uh, I'm liking it. So <laughs> I, I think it's fantastic. I, some years I'm like, oh, come on, hundred bucks again. But yeah. um, but honestly, I feel it is a worthwhile company to invest your money in um, mm -hmm. because they are really there to help help you it's, yeah yeah that's that's amazing just for anybody out there who doesn't know and I'll fully admit I I've been kind of living under a rock what um is the small business loan offering so everybody gets the same it's a forty thousand dollar loan okay that is interest free for two years mm -hmm. so you have until December 31st 2022 to pay it back and if it's paid back in full by December 31st, you keep 10 grand. You only have to pay back 30. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. wow. So it's a pretty good deal. <laughs> pretty good deal. So after December 31st, if it's not paid back 
up to $30,000, then they'll start charging interest and you have to pay the whole thing back. It's of the interest if you say you only need five grand to get you through. Mm-hmm. Take the whole 40, put 30 of it in a high interest savings account, tuck it away, mm-hmm. right? December 31st comes, give the 30 grand back. You've gotten a free 10. And you've covered your bases in case this goes on for what feels like going to be forever, huh? <laughs> right? So you have Absolutely. that safety net just in case, right? Yeah, So that's true. Mm-hmm. 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 Especially when, um, you know, they're, they, they have put out a, a framework or a, a roadmap, if you will, of going back to work in the province of Ontario. But I have been kind of doing a little bit of research of, you know, what has happened in the past with certain viruses and things. And, and, you know, if we do make that quick jump back, there is a chance that, you know, we might have to kind of pull real back in if we go too far too quickly. So yeah, it would support in case that happened that we might get back to work, but doesn't mean that we'll be staying there if, um, if people aren't following the guidelines, right? right. So it's very important that we we do all stay home, um, if you can, and just going out for, for essential services. So the rent relief that was announced as well, Um, is that within the small business loan? Is that kind of separate? So that is separate and it is actually for the mortgage holders. It is for the the landlords and it's for the landlords. They can get, and it's, it's not mandatory. It's optional for them to apply for it. So there's no guarantee that every landlord will. Um, So what they do is they apply, Mm -hmm. they can apply for it. They will be given 50% uh, in a loan, which is, I think, a, for, a forgivable loan, again, and um, they're required to, if they if they do that, then they're expected to give an extra 25% to the renter, and so that way the renter will only have to pay 25% of the mm-hmm. rent, and that's for April, May, and June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think I had talked with a few people, and, and, you know, I said, you know, the rent relief, yeah, it is there for the, the building owners and the landlords, yeah. but it was like, well, are they really going to pass it down to their tenants though, right? <laughs> and that's that's the incentive. The incentive for them to get it is to pass that on to the tenant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and so they can they can say, well, I'm going to take it and I'm going to give the tenant 50% off, but I can't afford to do the extra 25 for them. Mm-hmm. So the way I look at it is 50% of my rent would still be great. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. And it, and it makes sense. And um I think it would be beneficial, obviously, for um, building owners to do it, not in, only in the sense of helping their clients now or their tenants now, but if they didn't help their tenants or if they didn't give them the 25%, they might start losing those tenants, right, for when we get back. So it's it's really important. So that can, like, fall under what we had, we kind of talked about, too, is we do know somebody local who is um, an RMT and uh, incorporated business. And so that's something that maybe they can tap into from from that, uh, right. yeah. that mm-hmm. side. I actually had just some more questions about CFIB because I'm like really interested <laughs> in this. Um, uh, solely because when I worked at a clinic, um, I went, they did like a local sort of like uh, business meeting get together. It wasn't CFIB. It was something else. Um, but their businesses would get together. Um, like I think it was like every Wednesday at like six a.m. or something. Like the crazy networking. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, so uh, if you know what that is, um, do you like the difference between the two of them? Just because I'd gone to a bunch of those meetings, that seemed more like a networking thing. It, it seemed very different from this. That other is definitely a networking thing. And it is where <laughs> you go every week and you sit and you have breakfast or tea or whatever, and you're expected to give referrals and take referrals and back and forth. And you're supposed to do that every week with new ones. Yes. And, and it is to promote your own business and get your own business out there and other people's business out and across and all that kind of thing. This is not like that you can be part of this program you get your mandates emailed to you they give you surveys they come around and see you they bring you paperwork for anything that's done like it is completely different this is just it's for your business it's not for you to promote anybody else's it's not for you to feel like you have to sell yourself to them this is strictly to help businesses run within the bylaws of municipal federal provincial government like all three levels they help Mm -hmm. with all of that red tape for anything they advocate for 
the business owner for Visa because Visa charges so many different fees and MasterCard, and they're trying to get those streamlined and trying to get those cut down so they're not um, as expensive in terms of their percentages that they take. So they take on all those different things for business owners. That's what they're there for. It is it is a totally different ballgame. Mm-hmm. It seems more of like a, a advocacy group yes. um, as opposed to networking, which is really awesome. So you had mentioned that you had um, some webinars. Is that something that CFIB puts on like a regular basis? They 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 have education, like different seminars, classes, <laughs> tools you can take, it, and and they do have them on through the program through their portal that you can go and sign up and learn about. So sanitation, or or mm-hmm. keeping. Um, everything clean or or doing this bylaw this or doing an accounting or doing payroll or learning like any different type of course that you could kind of take about business they do offer those right now I think it's just so focused on on, COVID Mm -hmm. yeah that this is really it's they're throwing these out every single week and they throw out an email to their group to the whole membership and say the webinar is coming on we've got two on Thursday and one on Friday you know, and you can pick whichever one you want, you sign up for free, and then you sit and you listen to it for an hour, and then they'll give you a survey afterwards. And, and then surveys will go out right before just to kind of find out where everybody is. So one of the questions is about the loan. Do you qualify? Are you eligible? Why aren't you eligible? Or if you weren't eligible last time, are you eligible now? Because the rules have changed. So it just kind of gives them numbers that they can take and say, we have 40,000 people that want to take your loan, but it's not accessible to them because you've got ah. a basement and you need to remove it. So that that makes the government say, wow, we have 40,000 small businesses that we need to help. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's let's get rid of that number, you know? So that's the kind of thing that they're they're doing and that's really what they're focusing on right now. I mean, I'm sure if I went and looked, there're probably other things sitting there, but I think the bulk of the resources are focused on this right now to keep small businesses going and mm-hmm. and prevent them from closing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think that's really good in knowing um, that they have more of those like kind of, I'm assuming, like you said, their online courses, the ones that you're taking like little webinars of, um, you know, proper sanitation or accounting or payroll and everything. I was reading in one of the Facebook RMT groups, there was a long thread about Lysol wipes or something using them on your table. And it was an argument back and forth about using Lysol wipes or using spray versus using caviside. And, and so if, if people had the opportunity with that, with this program, the CFIB, and it's so valuable in any other things, and then they can also do this, which is very important for this period of time. I think that's really cool because I don't know if everybody is fully aware of things like when you spray down something or wipe it with a disinfecting wipe that like you can't just dry it. You have to let it air dry. And that's when it becomes <laughs> sanitized, right? And so I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people, I'm just speculating, know that. I'm not just saying RMTs, but everybody in general too, other businesses as well. Seems like a very uh, valuable membership to have. It does. <laughs> it does. I'm going to look sure. more into that. Um, I was actually wondering if, um, I know we asked you a lot of questions, Kathy, if there's anything um, within the last few weeks of listening to those webinars um, that you've learned that maybe hasn't been touched on, um, sort of like looking through the more massage therapy sort of feeds that you found valuable, like you didn't know, and you're like, oh, no one's talked about this, or, um, oh, people are talking about this, and that is not the right information, um, because you have like a more reliable source. Is there anything that you kind of wish people had like a clear idea on? out there there are two things one and i and i know what's out there and the information's there but a lot of people that i've talked to hadn't really realized but our CR, our serb benefits are only available for 16 weeks mm-hmm. after 16 yeah. weeks it's it's either we're done or they're going to extend it yeah mm-hmm. i would like to think if everything's shut down long enough they will extend it but that's that's my wish. There is only so much money that the government <laughs> has too, right? Yeah. yeah. So so there is that, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. Just like a lot of people didn't realize they had to apply every month. Yes. They thought it was automatic. Heather had brought this up in, in a scenario of an employee who is going on mat leave. And while this does not apply to me, I found it interesting, and it came through in one of the 
CFIB webinars was one of the questions was one of the employees was pregnant and she was due for mat leave. And her concern was, what do I do? How do I apply? What do I get? And maternity leave is its own entity. It is separate. It is not going to be funneled into the serve. It's not stuck for the 16 weeks. They will still have their own process like they always have. And I think that's important to know for people. Because mm-hmm. outside of that question coming up and the, the one counselor on the end answering that question, I have not heard anything about that anywhere. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that either. And I'm sure there are a lot of women right now that are wondering that question, like, um, what's going to happen? Because I was working and now I'm off and I'm supposed to be taking. Do you know how that affects um, anyone with uh, parental leave as opposed to mat leave? Um, Because there's that difference between like the mat leave for the female and then like a husband going off. Do you know if there's any difference? I think the parental leave is still... I don't know 100 percent, but it okay. is it is, I think, probably part of the same package okay. because it is it is something that is not the usual EI. Yeah. But I don't have that answer. I just thought I'd ask. You never know. Maybe yeah. someone listening has that answer and they can let us know. <laughs> yeah, they may very well. <laughs> yeah, I think it's super important, especially as we mentioned before, it's such a female dominated industry that we're in and so many RMTs you know, do have to take mat leave here and there. Um, so most, some, I'm not really sure. I, I'm not in that sub pool of our industry. Um, you, they usually don't take off the, unless they were an employee, like full 12 months of mat leave. Usually it's a shortened mat leave. So that's uh, something really important to know. A lot of the fathers end up taking the paternal to, mm-hmm. to top up the end, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, a lot of, uh, female RMTs unless you pay into EI because you're already like an IC a lot just save up to take time off and then I know that was my husband and I that's what we did I just saved up to take enough time off and then he qualified to take pat leave and he took a bunch he, he took more pat leave than I took of a mat leave so <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that a great perk for him he got like eight months off or something and I, I took two and a half so I had I could have taken more, but we bought a house. Uh, so that's good to know um, for a lot of people, because I think maybe this uh, is true out there. The government kind of threw this out there, gave it guidelines, and then I think decided that, all right, as problems come up, uh, we'll deal with the holes and the cracks and the people who fall through them. Uh, so I think that's something that we should notice, that a lot of people aren't sure if they qualify or they don't now. And you had mentioned this, like they might later, and then they can get retroactively uh paid money and stuff like that so um every day there's like new info coming out and every every minute somebody else is saying hey i have this scenario that doesn't fall into any of these categories what do i do so um Mm -hmm. do you have kathy any info on like best person or best place to go to get info or contact like what what people should do like so cra website is got a lot of information on it and that's really the best place to go because it is all of their programs i happen to have family very lucky that are (laughs) that do work for cra and i know for even them as employees on the phones on the front lines they aren't getting the information fast enough because it's changing so quickly so sometimes it gets put out and and they're working and they're in the moment and they don't have time to watch the news conference. And all of a sudden, all this stuff has been released and they're trying to play catch up even on the phones because it's happening so fast. So I think their CRA website is probably the best place. Google certainly is not. No. <laughs> Facebook or, you know, is not. Or, or, yeah, Definitely not there. Uh- <laughs> like, but, but going to the CRA website is is probably the fastest, easiest place to get a lot of a lot of information and and next to that i think we're all sitting at home anyway it's nice justin walks out every day and sits down has a little talk with us right so i get a <laughs> lot of it there too and and then short of that for me because i'm a member of cfib i'm lucky i have i have some pretty quick response times if i have any questions they i can call in and get them or i can write them in their their back they they respond really quickly and actually one thing about them that was really kind of top notch for me was one of the seminars I was put my headset on and I, I had a few things to do, but I had it all set up and I joined the meeting early while I was running, catching a few things. And they were actually live about 10 minutes before the meeting doing their pre-brief for uh-huh. the meeting with all the staff. 
And so finally somebody said, I just sent you a message. (laughs) I just (laughs) sent you a message. And then someone went, we're live already people. So (laughs) they, they didn't realize that they were live. So I actually heard 10 minutes of their conversations before they actually opened up the webinar and just the way that they were so concerned that they answered Mm -hmm. every question that came through and that they helped all the members and they were able to ease everybody's worry and, and just help them. It was just, it was amazing to me that they were working so hard, Mm -hmm. even when they didn't think anybody was listening. Yeah. Right. So that's very cool. That's yeah. really cool. That's really cool. cool. Do you know if the this RMTO has any contact or need for contact with the CFIB? I feel like that might be a place where if those kind of two entities had a little crossover or interaction might be beneficial as us as RMTs. I think it totally would be beneficial. I have no idea if they do. I'm going to assume they don't, given our last meeting. That a question had. for for Mr. Michael. That's right, <laughs> and uh, and I think I mean his his experience. Otherwise, because mm-hmm. he has quite an extensive experience, yes. he may know of them or has come across them before. But it depends on how how big corporate he was with mm-hmm. what his role was before. It might be that they were in a in a category kind of below the level he was at, and they just weren't on his radar. I think it would be good because, as he said, they're four hundred and fifty some odd members strong for Ontario, which is great. And those are great numbers for Ontario to go to the province with mm-hmm. for, for anything. But when you add that to the 110,000 yeah. nationwide members, it, it helps with those numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would help us. Like, I say 40, this is 4,500 4, yeah. members. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in times like this, like we might never have thought, oh, yeah, they should talk the RMTO and the CFIB. Yeah, you know, there's maybe, maybe not. But at a time like this, um, when we all need support and here's two RMTs here with Nicole and I that had no idea about them until, till we spoke with you, Kathy. And so, um, I could bet that there's a lot more RMTs that don't know that there's that help there, you know, there's the RMTAO to help us with the health kind of care side of it and working with the CMTO and that kind of thing and advocating on the healthcare side, but then our profession solely. Yeah. Yeah. That's all they're solely focused on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, but there's so much um, business support that I don't think RMTs know that's out there for them because uh, our focus in school was mostly on more of the profession and the business being the secondary. It's just, it is what it is. It's such an intense course to go through and so much we have to learn to be effective and safe practitioner. Um, I feel like it would be a whole other year of school tacked on if we added in <laughs> this business aspect. So, well, they, um, so I've been practicing for 16 years and it wasn't until we were moving into the new clinic space that my my business partner asked to switch gears and change banks. And so I was with another bank and that's where we had our clinic banking. And she was with Scotia Bank and asked if we could switch to go to Scotia. So I said, sure. And it was my business advisor at Scotia Bank that was the one that brought in the representative from CFIB. Oh, wow. And that's how we found out about them. Oh. Otherwise, we would have never known. That's so, neat. I mean, I, I practiced for... <sighs> <laughs> I've been where I am now since 2011. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I went for seven years or so without even knowing that they were out there. So I, I'm not surprised that people don't know about it. And and the RMTAO is a business. They are mm-hmm. a business. Yeah. So for them, I think it would be beneficial because there'd be a lot of information that they could get themselves just about the different government programs and, and not having to wait to to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's something that RMTA would definitely benefit from because if they could get the first-hand information and then pass along to their members directly, right? Because they could start, like filter through the information from the CFIB and then be like, this definitely applies to like our members, right? Um, I think that would be good. Maybe we should figure out how to make that connection. connection. <laughs> well, I can always send a, an email to Michael. Michael's, uh, yeah. for anybody that doesn't know, um, Michael Faraday is the CEO of the RMTAO, which is the Registered Massage Therapy Association of Ontario. Um, that is not a required association to be a part of as an RMT in Ontario. Um, it's an elective 
So the CMTO, the College of Massage Therapists of Ontario, they advocate for the public and protect the public from us and, and regulate our profession where the RMTAO is there to support us through things. So there's many services that they offer, packages like similar to the CFIB when it comes to, you know, rebates and discounts with other vendors, as well as if ever there was an issue and maybe they had, somebody had a complaint put towards them at the CMTO level, an RMT can go to the RMTAO with their membership and get legal advice and help from that regard. So I just kind of wanted to lay that out there for our non-RMT listeners. <laughs> Michael Faraday is very um, accessible via email. Anybody can email him. <laughs> He's really great for getting back to it. So I can always plant the seed and anybody else out there who feels strongly on this, please feel free to email the RMTO. I believe it's info at rmtao.com. So <laughs> they're always there and uh, willing to get back to you. So I wanted to circle around if Nicole doesn't have any other questions right now. Back to the um, this return to work um, announcement, because that was just announced really the last two days. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts and feelings on it, Kathy, of where do you think the RMTs will fall into that? I, I have a couple of minds and, and not, I, I honestly really don't know where we fall into which stage because I, I believe there could be arguments made for every stage. Yeah. I believe there could be arguments made for stage one, you know, where there's maybe some surgeries going on and some, some little bit more essential services um, put out. I, I saw today from the, there's a the RMT Canada yeah. that I'm part of They're They're, magazine went out today and they were talking about bc opening up and bc is um, massage therapists and chiropractors are on the list mm -hmm. to go back into practice i think during their stage one so mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how they unfold because they will be out before we will and right. uh, and so i guess it just depends on how successful they are i know one thing they're talking about is to um, limit wait time in the in the waiting rooms or numbers that are there so people aren't sitting and hanging around because there is still a concern there. Um, we are also, you know, very, in very close contact with our clients. So perhaps we're not the first stage to be going back and maybe it's more second stage, but then there's that same argument that that could put us in the third stage. Mm -hmm. So I, I really don't know where we're going to end up. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I can see the arguments because with the first stage, uh, I believe it said something about access to be able to change to the quickly to health protocols that are going to be coming out. And I can see us falling into that because we already have gloves or should have gloves on hand and masks on hand. I know that up until this, you know, if we ever went in and kind of woke up feeling that bit of a cough, but it didn't really come of anything, we all wore a mask and told our clients like this is you know I woke up with this I'll wear a mask but it's up to you if you want to stay for your treatment or not so I, yeah I can see us falling into that but I agree that we'll have to take a lot of information and really see what BC does for sure yeah and New for Brunswick sure. is opening up too they're all are they related yes so New Brunswick I think is starting to lift a few of their restrictions starting May 4th I think it is or 6th somewhere around there um I don't, I haven't heard really more like there's some public areas that are being opened up like parks and beaches and, and things like that for them that are opening. I don't know what other services are opening, but mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to watch them as well because they're also ahead of us and they also have registered therapists in their province. They're one mm -hmm. of the five. So I think it's really kind of watched to see how they do. The mm -hmm. CMTO has been pretty strong on mm -hmm the fact that we are not essential and they've sent some pretty strongly worded emails mm -hmm. which makes me believe that they will hold us back mm -hmm. but again that's just that is like michael said anything that you think or hear right now is yeah is not true it's yeah. all speculation all yeah speculation. yeah so. yeah mm -hmm. and it's hard because i know a lot of us we do want to get back to work um we're itching to do that but at the same time i do care about public safety my own health and not mm -hmm. perpetuating this more so it's at the same time if they don't feel that um we can fall into that first category yeah part of me will be sad but i think we all have to try to respect that as much as possible and understand the more global picture for sure do you um have any suggestions um, or any ideas of how when we do, whenever we do get back, how 
the landscape will look even for your clinic specifically or um, the landscape as RMTs in general? Well, for not really in general, but just different things that the girls and I at work were on, we're group chat. We, yeah. we chat quite frequently and, and we have been talking. And one of the things is to talk about allowing more space between our treatments mm-hmm. so that that way clients can come in, go into treatment room, come out, pay, leave, and there isn't somebody sitting waiting. So it's not, not as congested. I mean, our areas can get, there are days when all four of us are in our three treatment room space and, uh, <laughs> and the changing of the guard happens and, and there's clients coming and going and there's a wait and maybe somebody's walked in and, and while we do have a lovely space, it's not, it's not that big. Mm-hmm. And so it can be get, can get crowded. Um, so we've, you know, we're talking a little bit today about, I think what we need to do is space out some treatments a little bit more when more of us are in the clinic to make sure that there isn't so much congestion. And, and right before when we were closing that last week, kind of coming up to it, um, we were going out and we were, you know, all the things, right, making sure you're wiping down the POS machine, wiping down the door handles, wiping down clients coming and going inside and outside for them, mm-hmm. and all the switches and the taps and everything. And so I think it's just we need more time in between clients to properly, properly clean and, and properly mm-hmm. be prepared for the next ones mm-hmm. coming in to keep them safe. So yeah, to go that kind of what we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Nicole and I had the exact same conversation today about increasing that 15 minutes to maybe a 30 minute and it might reduce the number of clients you might see in a day by one or two roughly. Um, but it, again, it might be um, just kind of for the greater good right now. And I'm sure in time it might take years, but we might be able to get back to that 15 minute window or whatever else it is. So, Well, what I can tell you about that time frame and what's really nice about it. So I spent years with the 15 minute turnaround. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how you go out of the gate when you first yeah, start yes. working. Um, but when I, in 2006, when I first started working in Oshawa in that disciplinary with another massage therapist and, and the chiropodist, there was a receptionist and the massage therapist took half hour breaks in between every client. And I came in used to 15 minutes, but then the chiropodist saw somebody every half an hour on half hour. So she was just, the receptionist was just like, can you, can you just, can you just <laughs> do 30 minutes for me? She said, I, I just need it to be the same. I don't want a third person to try to figure out what it is. And, and it was just a lot on her plate. She's, you know, trying to keep us all organized and corralled. Right. <laughs> so I said, fine, I'll take the 30 minutes. No big deal. 30 minutes is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't see as many clients. Absolutely. You don't. Your day is maybe extended by an hour if you want to see as many clients. But when you have a half an hour between clients, you're never behind on your filing. You're never yep. behind on your chart. <laughs> you have time to visit the ladies. You have time to have something to eat without scarfing it down and chewing it while you're walking back to go wash <laughs> your hands. Yeah. Make the phone calls. Like, and your day is actually a little bit easier. And the other thing I find, I wasn't as physically tapped. Yeah. You had that little bit of extra space in between and time in between that you just didn't feel as fatigued or you just you were a little bit more fresh for every single client and since we moved back here you know and I I left that that other RMT behind when we moved into our new space where we are now I did a half an hour for a while until I more massage therapists came in and online booking and then you have to you know put the brakes in and everything and then it you know became a challenge to do the treatment times the right way and so we went back to the 15 minutes with everybody else and, and it's a fast paced day, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, so I don't think, I don't think it would be bad for us no, to take that so. exhale in between clients, be a little bit more fresh for them, be a little bit more prepared for them when they come in and we can, you know, review their file a little bit better, make it a little bit more of a, an effort in the notes and not so rushed or not. I'll get that at the end of the day when, you know, I've got five minutes to think about it that kind of thing I think it's uh I think it'll help a lot of us slow down a minute even though we've been slowed down for seven weeks (laughs) (laughs) well that makes me feel a lot better Mm because I I kind of felt in in my gut that I wanted to make it half hour and that might be something that I carry on for the rest of my career or at least for the foreseeable future because just what all the things you pointed out I was like maybe that's a bit better because what I was doing was 15 minutes and I would maybe have three one hours back to back and then I'd have to give myself an hour and a half or more 
lunch break just to get caught up on those files, to eat something, use the restroom, really give the clinic a good wipe down and just recharge my batteries before I saw another two or three clients. And then I would come home and my partner would have dinner on the table. I would eat it and immediately go to sleep. So you just made me feel a bit better about thinking that that's something I might want to do because I was also kind of feeling guilty in the sense of, well, everybody else does 15 minutes and will I be a lazy quote unquote therapist if I extend <laughs> no. it no. 30 minutes? <laughs> because, I think you would be a better yeah. therapist for sure. hundred percent, a hundred percent you will. Um, well, better therapist, but better personally within yourself. Yeah right yeah. you you will you will feel better yourself about your day and what you're doing and have more energy for yourself for your partner for your clients mm-hmm. right wouldn't it be nice to go home and actually have an evening and not just go home and crash Dead. right yeah um, mm-hmm. But the other thing too is if you know you guys are in your space, I'm sure you don't have a receptionist. No. I was going right? to make that point. When you're doing all of it, 15 minutes yeah. is not a whole lot of time. No, um, it's not a lot of time. And, and sometimes I have to get back to my clients five hours later and say, "I'm so sorry, but yeah. it's been crazy." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, if somebody emails you, "Hey, can you send me that receipt? I didn't get it." You know what I mean? Or my insurance company wants it, and I'm emailing them at 9:30 at night because when I get home, I have a toddler, and I'm like, "Sorry, it's 9:30 at night," and they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, well, I know I was at work from 8.30 to 8.30, but I didn't have five minutes to get back to you. And when I when I was pregnant with my son, I started putting in longer breaks uh, just because physically being that pregnant and still going. I worked up until 37 weeks. Um, and he was born at uh, 37 and a half weeks. So uh, <laughs> uh, being that pregnant, it was like physically impossible to do 15-minute breaks. I could barely walk from the table to the desk in 15 minutes, it felt like some days. So um, it, it definitely is good. I've kind of gone back to the 15-minute breaks, but I do definitely have days where uh, if I have like three people in a row, you know what I mean? I take an extra 15 minutes, just like not a part of a lunch break to do it. So mm-hmm. maybe that's something like a silver lining that will come from all of this. Maybe we'll kind of be like, um, I think I've seen it out there. It's like, we want to go back to normal, but what about the normal wasn't working for us? Like we now have this ability to kind of like change it, go back, look at like, yeah. wasn't working for us and kind of be like, I'm not going back to that. Like we need to have this new practice in place that kind of works better for all of us. So mm-hmm. absolutely. You can rewrite the playbook. And, mm-hmm. and the thing is, is that it, just imagine a December when you you're more refreshed <laughs> through your day. Yes, right? absolutely. So you have, you have t- time afterwards, and you actually Christmas shopping is a is a pleasure, and and, <laughs> and going to that festive meal or, or or out for drinks or socializing with with friends and family becomes something to look forward to rather than oh my god I'm so tired yeah don't talk to me people socialize in December that's like a thing like I don't I don't do that become like don't talk to me like I'll see you on the 24th 25th 26th but other than that like I'm not I'm not a friend I am not in anybody so (laughs) yeah that's good I worked from 2006 until December 2010 with half hour breaks September 2006 till December 2010 with half hour breaks and I have to tell you it was great like Mm -hmm. I just I I I never felt run down like I Mm -hmm. I mean it's also 15 years later I mean (laughs) yeah that's gonna happen too but um but it, it is actually I think it's a good thing I think it'll make I think it can make for better interactions with clients and and colleagues and and family Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess to like relate that to back all of this with like CERB and everybody kind of wondering about going back, maybe um, massage therapists um, out there need to start thinking of this as not like a bad thing, right? I think everybody kind of wants to know what everyone else is doing. So we all sort of seem on the same page. Um, but I think we all need to realize we're all in very different spots in terms of like where we work, how we work, how our clientele is set up. Like not everyone offers like 30, 45, 60 minutes. Some places work in place where they only do 30 minute treatments or only one hour treatments right so um i think that's a good point to to be made that we we can change it we're we're all most of us are independent contract small business owners we can we can make the rules right um (laughs) we we can make the rules like if you want to do like a 15 minute break here and then a 45 minute break there like nobody's looking at your your appointment book like clients don't know like it's not up to them right it's up to us so yeah, that's good. 
really good point as to my reason why I came back to massage and <laughs> jumped in the way I am running my own. Even though I feel like I'd, I feel like I'd fit in well with Kathy's clinic. Um, I don't Probably feel like do. <laughs> I come in there and I'm just one of the, one of the girls. But I just mean I I feel like um with you if 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 you had a, one of your girls that needed to cha- make a change like that it, it, they probably can just come to you and talk about it and and you'd be open to it versus I know we talked about in our last podcast feeling that like even though you're not an employee but like you're expected to do certain things and and expected to show up at 9 a.m maybe you don't have a client until noon this expectation that you need to sit there and wait because what if somebody walks in um where that that's really on each person I feel (laughs) well it is and and I mean the the way that I run the clinic where we are there are four of us everybody's in charge of their own schedule and they do their own thing and if they don't have clients and they don't want them then I just tell them if you can't be in don't want to be in want to go off lock it off if it's open I'll book it if it's not open then I I, I don't question them what they what they want to do when they want to do it how they want to do it and uh, and everything for us is is a group decision mm-hmm. because I'm not the only massage therapist in the room mm-hmm. you know they're they're with me and so when we make decisions or I need to make decisions about what the website looks like or if we're going to change the logo or what color do you want this done or would you you know I'm thinking about putting hand sanitizer on the front desk is everybody good with it not good with it like what are your thoughts and everybody puts in an opinion and and we work collectively I think that's how clinics are like we're that. family yeah. right yeah. absolutely and so it's i'm not the only rmt writing the book in there it's it's everybody mm-hmm. is it's because the same business for us right yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah we're all in it together right yeah. we're all we're all in um as much as we all work in different places we're all in business together we are all in this covid mess um debacle like craziness together um uh, right now all being off and we'll all be in it together when we go back so there's lots of um supports out there for us i think um the main thing is you need to define which ones actually you fall into and if you don't fall into one um figuring out then going to sierra website and figuring out like who you can contact to make sure that that doesn't fall through the crack because it is likely you're not alone um Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, to wrap it up, I just wanted to ask kind of one more question. If you could give two or three pieces of advice to RMTs out there of how to get the longevity that you've had in this career, if there was a couple like key little things that you could pull out and uh, suggest to somebody who maybe has only been here for two or three years thus far. <laughs> give us your wisdom. I'm like yes. 10 years in, but I still would love it. <laughs> well, it's funny because the girls give me a hard time all the time. I'm not working as much as you do, Kathy, is what they say. So I do work a lot. I see a lot of clients and I do work a lot. Um, but I find like, I got to eat right. And I got to go to bed and sleep. I'm, I'm a sleeper. I am not a night person. I'm a morning person. I have to work out. If I'm not eating right, I'm not sleeping right, I'm not working out, I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't translate well when I get into work. So so that is that is big for me. Those are big things for me. Regular treatment, which we all know is also a big thing. And if you can't afford it and you don't have benefits, find someone that wants to exchange because we're all out there just waiting. My, <laughs> my favorite story is about one of the girls that I finally got to work with me and I was looking for treatment because I hurt myself and uh, she was my second therapist that I managed to get an appointment with and um, brand new grad, brand new grad, hadn't been working, I don't even think three months, Mm -hmm. some of the best hands that had ever been laid on me, which is the other thing for new grads and for, for people who are ever unsure, it's doesn't matter how long you've been practicing, you can still have great hands. Um, But I just said to her, you know, do you want to exchange? And she was like, yeah. And in my head, I was saying, please say every week, please say every week. And she just looked at me, she goes, do you want to go every week? And I'm like, done. (laughs) And so we did that. We did that for years. We exchanged an hour every week. And I probably never felt better in that time than, than any other time. It was amazing. 
Oh, a massage yeah. a week that is the dream yeah I, Heather just said that today we were talking and she goes the first thing I'm doing when we can go back to work is getting a massage myself and I'm like I think every RMT is doing that like we're our, yeah. our schedule gonna be full of just massages going back because I was saying that I try I trade every two weeks with an RMT and then Heather and I do some trading in, in between there and uh yeah I'm like I, I don't know how people don't do this like I've been doing it for nine years almost every other week and I don't I'm I'm I've never felt so bad in my whole life <laughs> and I've never worked not at all so I don't know how that works together right like because <laughs> we're not moving I know <laughs> the couch yeah. is ruining my back it's, it's terrible, terrible. <laughs> yep yeah well wonderful well thank awesome. you so much Kathy for joining us and sharing all your wisdom with us today we truly truly appreciate it so yeah, yeah, thanks wonderful. very much for having me it was really great for me Oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. So much. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for hanging out with us today. If you know someone who would enjoy listening as much as you did, please be sure to send them a link. You can also share a screenshot of this episode on your Insta stories and tag the.mtp. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review or send us a voice memo over Anchor. Thank you for being a part of the MTP family. Be kind. Be well.